Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative Podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips, whilst at the same time giving you a great playlist of alternative music, which uh, you can listen to on a Spotify playlist afterwards that I'll be sharing out with the podcast links. So, can't believe we're five weeks in and we've got another amazing guest this week that I'll be introducing in a second. My week was rubbish last week. Um, complete and utter crap. So um, I didn't even get a player in the top 60, which uh, I can't remember the last time that happened. But uh, it was great to see Luke List get his first win anyway. Uh, fantastic uh, victory for him. It's been a long time coming. I think he missed out on a playoff in the Honda a few years ago. So um, he's been knocking on the door and it was great to see him get him done, um, getting it done. Uh, anyway, um, as I say, we have a guest with us and uh, delighted to have someone joining me this week who I've managed to actually meet in the flesh in the past. We shared a couple of Crown Royals uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing that again with him one day when I get across the pond. Uh, Kenny Kim, good evening. How are you, sir? Martin, how are you, man? It's good talking to you. Yeah, that was a fun time at the players. A lot of Nona Blue, a lot of G-Max bar. It was fantastic. I saw you posting that picture of Rory Sabatini the other day again, and ah. uh, when the slow, slow, slow play debate came up once more with uh, poor old Taylor Gooch getting stuck with Mister Nar. But um, yeah, so uh, um, it was yeah, it was fun times, and hopefully we'll get out there again one day. Yeah, the players is always fun. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back again. It's a good event to go to. Uh, you know, maybe we can plan something up, meet up again because that was a good time. Absolutely, I believe you'll get to the PGA this year as well. Getting down to um, Oklahoma, is that right? I am. Uh, you know, the guy I write for, my buddy, my friend Gup, uh, he's from Oklahoma, so he's about an hour and a half away. Uh, cool. So we're gonna go and uh, and check out the, uh, the PGA Championships. That I'll make three majors that I've gone to. The only one that I haven't is. The Open Championship on your side of the pond, but well, uh, you're, you're welcome uh, anytime, Kenny, yeah. and I'll I'll look after you when you get over here. So um, yeah, you're welcome anytime. So um, anyway, I'm chatting away to Kenny here, as like we're old buddies, and I appreciate. Uh, uh, well, most of you all know who Kenny is. Some of you might not. Um, uh, he's his his stuff is out there. Uh, he hosts the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast each week. So uh, um, uh, on the Mayo Media Network. So Kenny, tell us a bit more about yourself. How, how did you get into this lark? Uh, what what led you to the dubious world of golf? Uh, uh, well, I was going to say golf betting, but uh, golf DK and golf betting. You know, I mean, it started, I guess, back in 2015 uh, when DraftKings first started golf. Um, I started playing. Uh, I was winning a bit. I'd always been a golf fan my whole life. Uh, I started publishing some of my um, stuff on Twitter uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, like out of the blue, I get a call. I get a tweet from this guy named Zach Woods, and he's like, "Well, you know, do you want to start a podcast?" Because back then there was, I think, uh, Mayo was out uh, for golf betting. Uh, you know, in, in the states, uh, the, the tour junkies literally had just started, uh, mm -hmm. maybe a couple of weeks before we did. Uh, and then uh, Zach was like, "Why don't we try it out?" We tried it out. Uh, we brought in Brad Messersmith to come in as our third guy, a guy who won a lot uh, on DraftKings. And uh, it just went from there. And then just having starting, you know, basically at the beginning of something uh, mm. made it a lot easier to, uh, I don't know, attract attention, uh, I guess. Yeah. You know, and then Mayo would have me on some of his shows and boost my uh, popularity a little bit. And it just kept on growing from there. 
Excellent. Well, it's. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast now for know, a couple of years plus with uh, everyone's favourite Canadian, Tyler. Shout out to Tyler. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great stuff. I mean, I, you know, my my DK knowledge and strategy skills are negligible compared to uh, what well, I like to think my golf betting is. And I'll be touching on that more as we go through because I'm curious to pick your brains that were for sort of DK versus betting. But um, yeah, you'll, you know, for anyone who hasn't heard Kenny's pod before, um, and even if DK isn't really your thing, because they get on the betting side of things as well, uh, it's it's a must listen. So um, yeah, so um, so how was last week for you, Kenny? Anyway, you might have just heard me saying as I um, uh, was bringing you in there that I had an absolute shocker. So uh, any, any joy you're in? Yeah, I mean, I ended up getting Luke uh, list live 40 to 1 Friday after Friday evening or Thursday evening uh, after the second round. I think he just finished the stadium course, played pretty well there. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, or I don't remember which way it was, but he was 40 to 1. He was, you know, only a few strokes back. Uh, I went ahead and just clicked that live uh, and it ended up working out at the end. So, so it made my week. It, it did. Yeah. I mean, he was, as I, as I said on Twitter yesterday, uh, I think he was the first name on my list last Monday slash Sunday, uh, and then the first name off it again when I saw his odds. Because, uh, and this is obviously a lesson you're always learning in this game, a lesson for me to be learning that uh, uh, I, I like to think that anyone I back under the odds of hundred to one has a real a realistic chance you know i can see i can picture them winning the event basically so all right you're probably playing for it each way at those odds but you can actually picture them winning um and i just couldn't picture him winning i thought he'd play well but i just couldn't picture him win it so um yeah goes to show uh, it was a uh yeah a bit idiotic for me but there you go we we, we live and learn so i guess i'm gonna have to re reconsider and uh um i i even considered cameron tringale this week as a follow-on from that but uh we'll, we'll come to that later um so yeah um Luke, uh, yeah, it was a pain. It was a painful, a list, a list of a painful experience for me. So uh, <laughs> last week, when Pat Rogers at sixty second was my best performer, it was a, it was a shocker. Um, did he keep an eye on Dubai at all? Victor Holland get, get, getting his third win in about his last five starts or something. Did, did you see any of that? At all? I, I did. I was a little laid up last week. A little bit. I, I had a, a bit of a stomach bug, and so right. I was sort of laid up for most of the week last week. I missed work and stuff. I did not catch. Um, much of that, uh, I did hear the ending. I know, I know what Hovland went birdie, eagle birdie, uh, to finish, and Rory hits another one in the drink, uh, you know, uh, to uh, to lose. Uh, it had to be an exciting to watch. Hovland's pretty impressive when you, you know, this new crop of young golfers, pretty amazing mm -hmm. with you know, more Kawa second in the world, Hovland third in the world, uh, and then Rory doing his thing, just not having good Sundays here, um, you know, recently, except for I guess Wells Fargo last year. Yeah, it was. I mean, um, yeah, Rory, as you say, it's, uh, yeah, it was another another Rory moment, as it were. But Ho Hovland is so impressive at the moment, and y y you know, you can. Uh, he's number three in the world now, I think, and uh, yeah, may maybe not long before he's cha challenging the top two. But uh, hugely impressive, and Richard Bland, of course. Uh, you, you know, if he if he'd got another win in, in, in an event. Uh, uh, a Rolex event that would have been, um, you know, another fairy tale for him. And it was interesting. I don't know if you you know the story of Richard Bland's coach being Tim Barter, the guy who works for Sky Sports. So you you, you might not see any of him over there, but uh, uh, he does the interviews for Sky Sports, walks the course, and what have you. Uh, and when Richard Bland won his event last week, uh, last week, last year, uh, it was a hugely emotional. Um, 
moment for uh, both him and Tim Barth when Tim Barth was doing the interview. Well, well yesterday he had to uh, interview Hovland after uh, after obviously he'd picked uh, Bland in the playoffs. So and, and the fair play oh, to him, he kept it very professional. So uh, I heard I heard Hovland apologize to him. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah that, that just so, shows you know yeah. what, what what type of guy Victor is. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he's just he's impossible not to like. You know, yeah. I, there's, there's just no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so. Going back to last week's events, I have a song for Luke List. As you know, it's uh, uh, we do the unique thing here of mixing in uh, uh, the musical playlist with the golf picks, and I've got a bit of a tune for Luke List. Uh, Luke List was born in Seattle, uh, and there's only one band you can think of when uh, you think Seattle, and that's uh, uh, some Nirvana. Are you a Nirvana fan at all, Kenny? Was grunge your thing back in the day? You know, when, growing up, that was around the age where you made your decision. You either go alternative yeah. and that Soundgarden, uh, Green Day, Nirvana, yeah. that age, or you go rap. Yeah. I, I, so I, I, I went, I went the, the the gangster rap, hip hop way. So, so my musical tastes are basically probably not in line with ninety five percent of the people that listen to your show. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got an eclectic, we've got an eclectic mix tonight. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I decided, but, I decided not to put any rap on my thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, I got yeah. some different songs, but uh, yeah, yeah. you know, music for me, you know, the last twenty years. It hasn't. I haven't really gotten into it that mm. much. I sort of like my old stuff. The, the newer stuff that I sort of listen to nowadays. I, I like opera and I like mm. uh, Broadway. I, I like those yeah. big booming voices. Yeah. Something because yeah. something about yeah. those voices. I'm a big fan of people who can sing like that because I can't do yeah. that at all. You know. Well, well, I actually used. Uh, I should should confess this, and um, Kenny was very gracious about it. I, I used a. Um, Jim Bones Mackay type veto on Phil Mickelson on one of Kenny's picks. Uh, uh-huh. I said we're, we're not we're not having any opera on here, Kenny. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, so I, I will confess that um, Kenny did want to put some opera on. So um, I'm uh, I apologise, Kenny. But we got some great songs uh-huh. that he had picked. And my and my pick for Luke List is a Nirvana tune. He's a Seattle man, and I went with um, Drain You from the. Uh, Nevermind album, of course, which doesn't need any introduction. But uh, I thought as um, Luke drained every single putt he looked at pretty much last week, uh, apart from, I think, one on 17 um, down the stretch, that, um, uh, yeah, he uh, that, that would be a good song for him. I think he finished eighth for the week in putting, which, uh, yeah, on the back of Swafford's putting clinic and Hideki's putting clinic, it's... Uh, um, yeah, uh, it's been a week for poor putt or three weeks for poor putters to become great putters, basically. So, um, drain you by Nirvana is my first pick. Um, so, let's move on to Pebble Beach and the history of Pebble Beach and the course info and what have you. That I'll touch on. Uh, this tournament has obviously been going for many, many years. Um, it uh, has had a host of celebrities uh, who have played of the big names, and that'll link into a Kent, one of Kenny's musical picks in a minute, actually. Uh, it's uh, Pebble Beach's Carmel by the Sea, basically, for those who don't know where Clint Eastwood is uh, the mayor. Is he still the mayor, Kenny? I don't know if he's retired I'm, yet. Yeah. I have no I mean, he could be. I mean, I don't think he'll ever die. So, I mean, like, he's, he's like 95 years old and still yeah. making movies. Yeah. So, but- yeah. We'll see him with Jim Nance on the TV at some point this week, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. It's another of these pro-ams, three courses. Um, Pebble Beach, obviously, the host course gets to be played twice. Uh, Spyglass and uh, Monterey Peninsula. Uh, Monterey Peninsula missed out last year because they went for two 
uh, courses only with the pandemic and cut the prof- uh, cut the amateurs out, uh, professionals only. Uh, but we're back to the three-course rotation, a bit like we had at the Amex a couple of weeks ago. Um, Pebble and Spyglass are past 72s, uh, Monterey 71. They're all under 7,000 yards long, and um, it's Poana Greens across the board, basically. So um, traditionally, Spyglass is marginally the hard, well, is the hardest of the three, and um, uh, Monterey Peninsula potentially the easiest, but the weather will play its part in that, uh, obviously, at times. And if the wind blows, Pebble, of course, as we know, can suddenly become a bit of a beast. So, um, But you're looking at those courses where, um, the short, the shorter hitters can flourish. So, um, obviously, from a comparative point of view, uh, you can look at um, your Hilton Heads, your RSM Classics, um, Mexico Mayacoba, um, Sony Open, Wireline. You know, the same sort of guys propping, copping up on those who will uh, crop up potentially at Pebble as well. Um, how, how do you, um, th- this event, Kenny, how do you view this event as it's coming up? Uh, is it with enthusiasm or trepidation? Does the thought of Bill Murray doing his stuff and Larry the Cable Guy um, get you salivating uh, at the mouth? Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It's not usually not the best watch, but I will say that the new PGA Tour Live, at least here in America, I don't know if you guys get it across the pond. Maybe you get it on golf TV. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but they they have uh, the new PGA Tour live on ESPN Plus. Yeah. You get a lot more coverage, mm. so it, it makes watching the golf a little bit better because you get the main group, the main feed when there's not on TV. Mm. So you're getting you know uh, eight to twelve hours of golf a day uh, now. Mm. So you you know you could basically watch everything with featured groups and and so it's it's a little bit more exciting. I mean, this isn't the best tournament to watch, of course, with all the nonsense that goes around, and that mm. can affect the golfers too. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, and that's why one thing you notice, one thing I know, I, I think about on this type of, on this course, in this event, you know, I probably put, you know, I'm a court history guy, but mm. I don't make it the end all be all. But this this event, I sort of bumped that up uh, just a little bit, just because, you know, these guys who play this event over and over again, they know what to expect. Mm. They know it's going to be long rounds. A lot of them have the same amateur partners that they normally do every year, like Kevin Streelman. Uh, yeah, the guy yeah. who uh, who I almost bet, and, uh, you know, yeah, he was uh, yeah, this, of course, yeah, 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 and then and then uh, you know I think I'm going to be using him on DraftKings this week just because mm-hmm. uh, you know his form isn't the best, uh, but this guy you know his course form is unbelievable, and I think a lot of it has to do with comfortability, uh, mm-hmm. playing this event, comfortability with your amateur partners, and you know him and Larry Fitzgerald, I'm sure they'll play again. You know, they, they, they just get on together and they compete and they bring the best out of each other. Him ha- him having another pro athlete that wants to win that AM, you know, that could boost, you know, make his play uh, a little bit better as well. So uh, a lot of uh, – I, I bump up course history in, in this event a lot. Yeah. No, I'm with you there, and we'll touch a little bit more on that in a second as well. But uh, b- before we do that, Kenny, do you want to give us your, your first tune? And um, uh, I think we're going with an old crooner here. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Frank Sinatra. That's life. Uh, one of one of my favorite Frank songs. Uh, yeah. Great song. And how this correlates with Pebble? Uh, you know, Frank used to play the the program. Probably one of the most famous guys who played who him and him and Dean. They used to play yeah. all the time. Uh, but uh, but he actually got banned. Frank Sinatra got banned. Did he? I never did it from Pebble Beach uh, because he got into a fist fight uh, with Samuel Morse, who uh, who's a uh, son-in-law. Who was okay. who Samuel Morse was the 
was the president of the Del Monte properties, the properties that Pebble Beach is on. Okay. Uh, and so and so Frank instigated a fight uh, with 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 uh, with say, with Morris's son-in-law. Uh, you know, got him all bloodied up. Uh, <laughs> threatened, they threatened jail, and, and he said, "Sam and Morris was like, if he ever comes back here again, he's going to be arrested." Uh, so, so yeah. that, that, that is the that's the first song I have. How it correlates to Pebble, uh, old blue eyes. That's well, that's a, that's a crack. Just to, just to prove that I'm not all alternative guitars and what have you. Uh, I do love this song. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, when when you um, told me you were going to be putting it forward, and I was getting it ready for the the playlist uh i gave another quick listen and it actually uh had, had me thinking about last week with luke list again those, those lyrics of you know that that's life and uh uh you, you know you'll, you'll I'll, I'll make a comeback in june or whatever yeah yeah, yeah yeah i'm yeah, gonna yeah. wait till june for a comeback but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it sort of summed up my last week really so it's uh, mm -hmm. it's good on, good on two fronts so um yeah that's a uh that's a great pick a great pick for the playlist um yeah com coming back to this event and what you were saying about course history uh and i'm a great course history guy here as well and i mean looking at the last 10 winners we've had um and i'm sure you've seen this kenny we've had seven seven big guns if you like and then three absolute skinners with the uh the two tailors and ted potter uh but the thing they all had in common was a, a, a good previous finish here uh i think ted potter was the worst with a six sixteenth, and i think if you even went back the year before the last 10 you got uh, da points uh memorably one with bill murray and uh he had uh i think a 14th or something to his name so so i'm wary this week i don't know about you kenny but i'm wary this week of guys who um haven't done anything here before. Uh, I think Jimmy Walker had three top tens. Uh, Berger had a tenth and a fifth. Vaughn Taylor had been tenth the year before he won. Nick Taylor, tenth three years before he won. And Sneds and Phil were both repeat winners. So, um, and as I say, um, Ted, Ted Potter, I think, was 16th a couple of years before. So, so I'm not really looking at anyone who's not done anything here before, basically. Um, Similarly, form coming in, some of those guys had telegraphed a win coming in, uh, you know, with some good stuff on the West Coast. Uh, obviously, Snedeker, Phil, Jimmy Walker had arrived here in good form. Uh, equally, any price you like on, on the Taylors and Ted Potter, who were bang out of form. So I think anything goes from the point of view of form this year, but I think you need to have done something here before, um, which... Uh, uh, leads me to um, uh, your first pick, I think, Kenny. And he's there. We've got Cantlay at eight to one and Berger at fourteen to one. Who did you notice he had a bit of an injury at the weekend? By the way, Daniel Berger. Um, yeah, wrist and back. Wrist and yeah. back is what I heard. But I mean, the guy went out mm. on Sunday and played pretty damn well. So I mean, you, you know, beware of the injured golfer. You never yeah, really know. Yeah. But but I sort of wonder uh, would he be teeing it up if he wasn't defending? Yeah, and also, you know, I, I mean, for, for that type of risk, I don't know if I'd be able to bet him. So yeah, yeah. I went, I went, you know, Canlay seven to one. I don't really bet favorites too often, yeah. uh, so I'm going down. So this just a little bit. Uh, I'm going Jason Day uh, at twenty to one. I guess the big thing that opened my eyes about him, of course, his performance last week, the Eagle on yeah. fourteen was. I, I jumped out of my chair and yelled. I mean, it was such, it was such an unbelievable yeah. shot. Uh, but yeah, yeah. the big thing about him. Is you know he's saying that now he's as healthy as he's been and as he can remember. Mm -hmm. uh, when he wakes up, when he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't remember ever being injured. That was mm -hmm. his quote, and that really stuck out to me because I mean you got to remember you know pre you know this back pain withdrawal, Jason Day, I mean, he was the number one golfer in the world. 
uh, for yeah. a little bit of time. He was one of the best. Uh, if he can get that game back, uh, which it looked like some of it was there last week, I mean, this is the perfect course to get his first win in four years. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's excelled at this course even even during his his time of not playing well, mm-hmm. uh, and, and even if went during his time of uh, being injured uh, often. Now, if he's healthy and he feels this good, um, I can get on board with him at twenty to one this week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's, it's either it's either going to be a case of can't believe it wasn't on as he hacks up by tw- tw- you know as a twenty to one winner when everything pointed to him after the form last week, or it, it could it could it be a bit of a false dawn last week? We don't know. Could do be. And I could it's be. A bit, it's a bit like Spieth last year, isn't it? You sort of saw uh-huh. a good result around this time of year, and then you thought, is he going to carry it forward? And he did, and you, you, you know, so so um, yeah, I, I don't know. But if he's going to do it anywhere, he's going to do it here. Absolutely, this would be so, a place. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is the place. You say he's. he's Never failed to sort of, you know, threaten the top end of the leaderboard here. Really, I think it's a just a bunch of top tens in a row, isn't it? So, um, and I would rather him to be honest. I, I think, um, like coming back to the course history, uh, Willie Z wasn't ready for me this week. Uh, he, he's a similar price, if not a fraction shorter than um, Jason Day, and I, I just think you know Willie bounced straight back from what happened last weekend. I'm not so sure, and obviously hasn't really got the history here either. So it was, I was definitely day over. Willie Z and I'd probably be day over Spieth as well because Spieth looks as though he's still slightly off perhaps with sort of you know focus back at home having just had the baby and what have you I, I yep. don't know so so it would certainly be day for me so um and he should have some good weather this week to uh get get the sun on his back Jason Day because obviously the dodgy weather is when we need to be a bit more more careful um but I think we're looking at um mid-60s sunshine all week um Winds could pick up a little bit, but um, uh, yeah, it's uh, the forecast is, is is looking good. So, um, so yeah, I, I can see that pick. It makes perfect sense, Kenny. Um, do you want to give us another tune, Kenny? I think we've got going from the um, uh, from from the Rat Pack to uh, yeah, um, uh, some good old fashioned American rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so my next song, this one's sort of basically. For me, uh, it's going to be uh, Guns N' Roses. I, I think they are actually from California. They are California uh, bands. So yep, that's the connection. Yep, yep, in. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, welcome to the jungle. Uh, I will say, I heard you and Dave talking about snooker last yes. week, right? And, yeah. and now, so I'm a nine ball guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so when I used to be when I used to live down in Southwest Virginia, I played in a nine ball league. I was a third ranked nine ball player uh, in Lynchburg, Blacksburg, and Roanoke. Uh, right, okay. little, 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 little nook down there. And, yeah. you know, the funny thing is, you know, everyone used to take it so seriously. And, you know, I'm not that serious of a guy. And if you listen to the podcast, I mean, you can tell I'm not that serious of a guy. And so I used to really make people angry because I would just, I, you know, these are mostly you know, little dive bars down in Southwest Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little hole in the wall, the jukeboxes. Uh, and so what I would do every time I play my match is I would put Welcome to the Jungle on repeat over and over again, and I would just start pounding shots of Rumple Mints. Rumple Mints is like a, a hundred proof peppermint schnapps. Okay. okay. Uh, so it's very, very strong. Uh, and for you single guys, it works really well as like a breath freshener. If you want to, like, you've been smoking or eating something funny and you're at a bar and you want to talk to a girl, go ahead and take a shot of Rumple Mints, swish that around your mouth, you're good to go. Uh, to chat it up with the ladies. Uh, but anyway, so I, I would just literally get wasted 
uh, playing <laughs> these matches, right? And that's how I was good. Uh, and I, you know, I'd be air guitaring, you know, Guns N' Roses. It was so, somewhat sort of a mental game, uh, also, mm. because I knew a lot of these guys did not like me. Um, because, like I said, they took this really serious, and I did not. Um, and so I used that against them and, and played the loose sky, and, and they would just hate getting beat by a drunk, which I was mm. even more back then in my 20s than I am now. Um, and so so that's just a little something I heard. And now I had I, I, snooker. How do you play snooker? I don't understand snooker. Okay, well, um, I don't think I can give you a um, snooker. Uh, uh, snooker, not snooker, obviously. <laughs> I don't think I can give you, a, in the time we got here, a, a complete explanation of how it works. But basically, you have 15 red balls, uh-uh. six colored balls, and the idea is you pot a red, and then you have to pot a color. And then you put ah. another red, and you have to put another color until all the, the reds have gone. And then you have to pop the six color balls in order. So a little bit like you'd have your one to nines have to go down in order. Um, you have to pop the, the color balls in order at the end. So so the maximum break you can make in a snooker game is 147. And that equates oh. to potting 15 reds, which are worth a point each, 15 blacks, which is the highest scoring color, um, and then the yellow, green, brown, blue, pink, and black, which go up in value from two to seven, basically. Uh, okay. And the person who actually wins the game, so there's 147 points available in the game. Uh, the person who actually wins the game is the person who scores the most points. So in theory, if you get to whatever half of 147 is, the other guy can't win the game, if that makes sense, because you can only Gotcha, get, gotcha. Yeah, that, so that's it. That's a game. That's a, what we call a frame of snooker or a rack of snooker, as you'd call it over there. So, um, yeah, um, that's how you play snooker. All right. I've you learn something yours. new every day, right? You have. So um, uh, if you ever make it over here, I'll take you for a game. So uh, right. but uh, watch out for that pair of Dave Tyndall and Ben Coley, because I think they're, uh, from what I can gather, they're pretty sharp on the table. So don't let them hustle. <laughs> okay. But, uh, okay. Right. Um, right. Um, I'm going to throw my first pick. And my first pick is going to be Maverick McNeely. And um, it's a bit of a dangerous game backing a player who is yet to win at odds like 28 to 1, obviously. Um, I'm going two points each way, 28 to 1 on Maverick. Um, and we can get each way terms of eight places here for that. Um, I'll ask you about your each way places, what you get over there in a minute, Kenny, but we can get eight places each way for 28 to 1. Uh, and I just think that Maverick um, is... He's no ordinary maiden, obviously. He's going to win soon, and he's going to, you know, carry on and have, obviously, a, a huge career. Uh, and he's primed to win at this event. And some some this is a home game for him, and some people um, get, or some players get a bit uh, uh, nervy playing at home, but he seems to thrive playing in, in front of a, a local audience, as it were. His, his family, I'm not sure, I don't think he actually lives there now, but his family, um, um, who, his dad obviously uh, uh, was one of the co-founders of Sun Microsystems or something, so there's a bit of money there in the family. Uh, they had a house on Pebble Beach. He's grown up there, played a lot there. Um, he said last year about how much he loves playing on the course and courses and you know of course he knows well and, and really enjoys uh, 
he's obviously in really solid form at the moment. Uh, his putter was in good nick at Tory last week. He, he had a bad Sunday, but uh, still a reasonable finish. And he was 13th for the week in putting. So my hope is he can keep the putting going this week on the power that obviously he grew up on um, and um, up his approach game a little bit because that was the weak link last week. Um He's not only played well here with the two top fives last two years, um, second last year, fifth the year before. Uh, he also has shown that he likes this type of track in general. So he's played well at Hilton Head. Um, he's played well at the Mayakoba. So so everything points to a big week for him. And yes, I know 28 to 1 is a little bit skinny, but um, uh, I just can't can't avoid him. I mean, he was top 10 as well at the Fortinet, which isn't far away from, from I think it's about 90 minutes or so from... Uh, Stanford area where he was brought up up to Napa. So again, you know, he showed again there that he enjoys the home audience. So, so everything points to Maverick to me this week. And, and as I'm saying about the price, this is where I'm interested in your view, Kenny. And I'm going to ask you a little bit about DK here compared, compared to betting as well. Um, I'm looking at his odds and thinking, okay, he hasn't won before, but he's going to win, isn't he? If not this week, but you know he's going to win probably this year, and and he's going to go on to win several occasions. So he's he's on his way up. Uh, and I compared his odds to to Tringale, who I mentioned earlier, um, and Cameron Tringale seems a fantastic guy, and I'd love to see him get a win, um, but he just hasn't done it yet, and I can't back him at similar odds at twenty five to one. And if he does win this week, I'll you know I won't be having any. Uh, um, recriminations of myself, like I did with uh, Luke List last week. So, but then I see Cameron Tringali as a DK pick. So I'm curious, Kenny. I mean, like I've just explained to you about snooker. First of all, to those guys listening over here who don't really understand DraftKings and how it works from a golf point of view and what the strategy is compared to betting. I mean, can you give us a 60 second crash course as to what DK is, first of all? Sure. I mean, you know, it's, it, you basically have a, a salary cap of $50,000. All the golfers are priced basically according to their betting odds is usually how it's close it is. Uh, so, I mean, this week, if you look, uh, Patrick Canlay is you know, the betting favorite. He's also the highest priced golfer on DraftKings at $11,200. So you have to fit six golfers in that $50,000 price range. Uh, so it's, it's definitely a lot different than than betting. You do not need the winner from guys like Cameron Tringali or uh, Mav McNeely, who are around 9,800, 9,500. Uh, you know, a top five would work there. And they use yeah. a point scoring system where birdies – are, are like three and a half points and bogeys are only like minus seven and uh, minus 0.75 or minus one or mm. something like that right around there. So it rewards birdies and doesn't really punish you too badly uh, for uh, bogeys. So you're looking for upside birdie makers. Uh, you also got to pay attention because you're competing and sometimes against a hundred thousand other people in the same event. Um, so, you know, it, you want to try to avoid having same lineups as people. Uh, and so, you know, you look, you look at what possible, what you think the ownership would be. So early, you would think Maverick Manili is going to be very, very popular. Um, yeah. I think Tringali can play just as well at maybe half the ownership. Uh, yeah. So you might want to go ahead and play Tringali instead of Maverick Manili mm. if you think they're level because of the ownership dip. So that's a little little, little bit of a crash course. So, so, so there's a lot of tactics there, isn't there? You're not just – and this is what I – when I started dabbling, because I dabble in the DK, obviously. Um, when I started dabbling, uh, I learned fairly quickly, because, of course, the first few times I did it, I just put my betting team in and one other player or whatever. If I picked five players to bet on, I just put them in and one other player. And, you know, it might be that I had the winner – 
for the tournament than one of those guys. Uh, and it might be another one finished 15th or something. But if I put a couple of long shots into my betting team and they both miss the cut, that's going to kill me on the DK because you want to mm -hmm. try and get six guys making the cut is the aim, isn't it? Because then you get more opportunity to score more points as, as, as the week goes through. So, um, yeah, so, 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 so I guess what you've got to do, and again, this is what you do, Kenny, you, you, picked i think five players to bet on this week it might be that those guys don't feature too heavily in your dk team conversely you might take a guy like tringale who isn't necessarily someone you want to be betting at 25 to 1 to win a golf tournament but his consistency makes him a great dk play so i guess you have to try and separate the two basically a betting pick and a dk pick yeah well it's tough because tringale is still not cheap you know at ninety five hundred dollars, he's still one of the top eight highest priced golfers in this field uh, so he does need to perform and get mm. birdies. So it's not like it's not all about consistency. I mean, yes, you want six and six through, uh, but if your guy up top finishes in like fifty fourth place, he's just not going to get it done. Uh, yeah. So, so it's it's a tough game. Personally, I think I'm going to be spending more of my money on the gambling aspect uh, here this upcoming season than the DraftKings. Uh, okay. Just because it, it, drafting is so much so difficult to do, yeah, uh, it, it's been getting a lot harder from when I first started. Just because people are sharper, people mm. are smarter. There's better players yeah. out there. There's better information. Yeah, well, I, I you know, let's make no bones about it. I lose money at DraftKings. Uh, <laughs> I win money at betting long term, as anyone who sees my P and L will, will know. Uh, but DraftKings, and of course, I keep my stakes very minimal on DraftKings compared to the, the betting side of things. But I view DraftKings a bit like buying a lottery ticket uh you, you know i'm chucking away two pound fifty or whatever on a lottery ticket every now and again in the hope that i might win uh, you know sort of 50 million euros or whatever at some point um but um dk similarly i will play a five dollar or three dollar dk competition or you know when we get to the uh the big ones the millie makers for the for the big events uh in the hope that my number comes up but what what tends to happen to me with DraftKings is i'll go into sunday in decent shape and um there's been a few this season where i've gone into sunday like in sort of i don't know 500th place in a sort of 50,000 event or something like that and and i'm earning like sort of sort of 70 dollars or something at that point and i'm thinking okay if i go forward i could win 300 dollars and i end up going backwards and winning ten dollars or whatever so uh, yeah yeah it, it doesn't tend to happen for me on a sunday so uh, but if you want to know more about kenny's DraftKings strategy and who he's going this week. Tune into his his pod. I'm sure Kenny will uh, remind us about it later. Um, but um, yeah, that's the place to get some great DraftKings picks and more of an understanding of it. So um, back to the betting. Who's your second selection this week, Kenny? Who who are you going with um, next? Okay, so I know you talked about how course we both talked about how course form is you know important. And if you look, ten of the last thirteen winners had a top ten in one of their last three previous appearances at the AT&T Pro Am. I'm yep. going against the grain here. Uh, I'm going 50 to one Christian Bazidenhut. I just have faith in Bazidenhut this year. Uh, yep. He's never he's never played this event, so he, it, this one's the, sort of an off type of bet. But 50 to one for him for the best wedge player in this in this field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'd say 40 percent of your shots are going to come from 100 to 150 yards, and Bazidenhut is the best uh, from that range. Also, excellent putter, really good around the greens. You know, Pebble can have those small greens. If the wind at picks up, there's going to be a lot of up and downs that you're going to need to mm -hmm. take. Um, I, I like the way he plays. He won three times in a year uh, in like an 18-month span, if I'm not mistaken, uh, across the pond. 
Um, I think if I'm not, I could be wrong about that. But uh, you know, the guy can win. Uh, and fifty to one for him, I like that number. His iron game has actually been really, really good. Um, you know, here recently gaining around, uh, I'd say around eight strokes with his approaches in the last twelve rounds he's played. Also, you know, his weakness is the driver, but you mm. don't have to hit the driver that often. Yeah, yeah. on this yeah. course so i just feel like this is the type of course that can do well i thought the same with sony um uh, you know and and uh you know he had i think a top 10 a top 20 there i, I think he could do better uh i think he could be a, a sleeper the win even though uh he doesn't really fit the mold of the, the winners here in the past yeah that that's the one thing that will put me off as you say the history i'm very much a sort of events history guy i tend tend to look at but um but i'm sold on him as a player for this season that 100 i've actually um, i don't know if you saw the piece i have my six to follow i put out at the beginning of the year and he was one of my six picks so i can very much see him as a man who's going to go really well on the pga tour this year and i see him as a dark horse for majors he um he, he plays major or he plays tough golf courses really well uh he, he won a i'll stand corrected but he won at valderrama which i think is you know, obviously uh, uh, known as um, one of the toughest tracks on the European tour. Uh, so he plays tough course as well. Um, if the wind picks up this week at all, then uh, certainly he, he's a guy, you, you know, who could perform for you. So so I'm not arguing with that pick, Kenny. That's, um, uh, as, uh, I'm sure he'll give a good account of himself. Uh, I'm going to backtrack slightly because I missed my song pick for Maverick McNeely uh, in um, my enthusiasm to get onto Ken's, Kenny's next pick. And uh, uh, I was quite proud of this pick, actually, so I don't want to miss it out. Um, I've gone with a song by The Stranglers, uh, and it's always the sun. Uh, connection here being that if Maverick McNeely's golf career doesn't work out, there's always the sun microsystems to fall back on. So uh, uh, I've gone with a song by The Stranglers. Is that a name you've ever come across, Kenny? The Stranglers? Do you remember them at all? No, no, no. no. Uh, New wave punk band from the late 70s. But this was actually a hit in 1986 when they mellowed a little bit. So this is quite a mellow tune, actually. So uh, um, so it's always the sun by the Stranglers. Hey, you know, another bit of motivation that Maverick has is his ex-girlfriend's balling out on the LPGA. Uh, yeah, Daniel yeah, Kang. Yeah, Daniel Kang. Yeah, 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 yeah. One last week, one last week, second place, or one, two weeks ago, second place uh, last week. Uh, he's got to be motivated. He's like, man, I got to beat her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's bitter about it. Yeah. Um, right, and my, my next betting pick. So si similar odds um, as Kenny. Uh, I've got Tom Hoagie, uh, who, fair to say, probably doesn't have the pedigree that a Bizaden Hooter will have longer term going forward. But uh, uh, we're back to the horses for courses um, strategy again. And I'm going one point each way. Tom Hoagie at 60 to 1. Fifth of the odds, first eight, available with Skybet and Betfred. It's all there on the tin, really, isn't it? Hoagie, two, third at the Sony, 12th at the Sony, third at the Mayakoba, two top tens at the RSM, uh, including fourth just before Christmas, 12th here last year, um, second in a pro-am format at the Amex a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, all right, he missed the cut at Tory, but I'm, I'm not going to get too hung up on that because uh, I think that was just a bit of a mental letdown from the week before and uh, gives him a couple of extra days off to, to get ready for this week. So... I think you can't argue with Tom Hoagie's credentials. Can, can he win? Um, I think his effort at the Amex showed on Sunday that uh, uh, on the Sunday that he's got what it takes. On a Sunday, he shot sixty-eight uh, on the final day. Uh, only made one bogey, so he obviously got swallowed up by Swafford's amazing performance. But uh, um, 
you can't argue with what he did. So he's trending in the right direction, trending towards that win. He's been knocking on the door more and more. His approach play this season is on fire. He's six in approach play, uh, which is is obviously key to the smaller greens this week. So yeah, I'm. I think a lot points to Tom Hoagie this week. So is, is he a player you're a fan of, Kenny? At all? Or? Yeah, I like Hollywood Hoagie. He's uh, he's been playing decent golf for I'd say uh, at least a few months. Uh, I know, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind that play at all. Excellent, excellent. Um, give us another tune, Kenny. You're going from your Guns and Roses to something a little bit more laid back, and I will yep. readily admit is this next one's a little bit outside of my, um, my, my genre sphere, as it were, but uh, over to you for another pick. So it's going to be Otis Redding, Try a Little Tenderness. Uh, Otis Redding uh, was in the Monterey Music Festival in 1967. Uh, it was actually one of his final performances before he died in a plane crash. And I know a lot of people, when they hear about Otis Redding, they think of, you know, sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah. yeah. You know, just listening to that song, it's like you think he's like a 55-year-old man just chilling, you know, sitting on, He has that old soul. He died at 26. Uh, he wrote this song at 23. Um, and it's just uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful song. Uh, you know, maybe Bryson can can learn from this. Just try a little tenderness. You know, on that course, or maybe I don't know. When it comes to Bryson, uh, maybe he can. You know, I think maybe I don't say this often because you know I'm sort of anti-marriage. Uh, you know, I just I just don't think it helps. Uh, in life. I don't think it's natural uh, to be with one person for your whole life. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, now, you know, as I get old, I understand the benefits of family. I get that. Uh, but I just think Bryson needs like a, a good woman. <laughs> I don't say that that often. But does, I, does, does, he have a, does he have a girlfriend? Does he have a partner? I don't know. Like I don't know. I, he, maybe he does, but maybe it's not the right one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, he just says so much stupid stuff out there. And he could be the face of golf if he could just turn his image around. And I think uh, you know a little tenderness uh, on the course and maybe at home can help <laughs> him uh, with that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do, I do, and um, yeah, uh, I will. Um, I will try and. Um, I'll, I'll try and, shall we say, um, tune myself into the genre of Otis Reddings. Uh, and I must admit, I didn't know he died in a plane crash. That's um, obviously a you know horrible thing to hear. But uh, uh, and of course, I know sitting on the dock of a bay. But um, beyond that, I'm my knowledge of Otis Redding is very limited. So I'll go. This into is a, this is a better we, song. I, I had yeah. sitting on a dock of the bay first, but Try a Little Tenants is such yeah. a great song. Go listen to it. It's a beautiful song. I shall do. I shall do. Um, back to the golf. Uh, another pick. Who, who you got next, Kenny? So next is going to be uh, Russell Knox at eighty to one. Um, you know, again, he fits the he fits the mold of a guy who has played well. Uh, you know, at this uh, at this event, I think he finished seventh last year. He's made a whole bunch of cuts in a row. A couple top twenties before that. Uh, Iron Game looked real strong at the Sony. You know, gained about five strokes with his approaches. Mm. Missed a cut at the Amex. Uh, I'm not stressing that. Uh, but you know, at eighty to one, uh, I think you know it, it could. You know, Team No Putt. Uh, you know, ha- has gone on the last few weeks, and and Russell Knox definitely is on Team No Putt. Uh, so. Uh, you know, going a little eighty to one for Russell Knox this week. I I have confidence in that for you on the basis of the fact that I was on him at the Amex when he missed the cut. <laughs> the way my last few weeks have gone, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he popped up. And obviously, I'm not on him this week. I wouldn't be a, at all surprised if he popped up and uh, uh, had a great week because uh, I, I jumped on board after the Sony performance. And I think it was his, his sister's a DJ out there, isn't she? Uh, and uh, I think she'd picked him in some 
sports uh, broadcast she does uh, for a top 10 at the Sony uh, coming into the week. So there was that sort of, okay, she thinks her brother's playing well and then he does play well. So she obviously had a bit of an insider knowledge that he was getting on track. And I thought everything pointed uh, to a big week at the Amex and uh, then it didn't happen. So, um, yeah. Uh, so so he, he's another of those players that he's going to, you know, you think he's got to win again soon because it's been a good few years now and he seems to be getting back on track. So um, what do you get... Um, Talking about the each way betting, Kenny, what what do you get over there each way odds wise? I mean, is there any sign of eight places at all, or is it still the first five? Or the books I use don't actually have each way, uh, okay, which, which is a shame, which sucks, yeah. which is because you know I've had something like seventeen runner up bets in the last sixty events. Oh goodness, uh, which which is painful. Uh, oh. it, it, it hurts badly. So we we do not have the each way. Uh, I do not have the each way in the books yeah. that I use. I know there might be one. That does each way here in America. Uh, I am not sure okay. which one it is, but I think only one book does mm. each way here in America. Right. Okay. So what's actually happening? Because I, I find this quite fascinating and also quite confusing to follow from from over here. The, the sports betting market at the moment is sort of exploding over there in the states, isn't it? But it's it's going state by state, if if you like. So uh, I'm sort of losing track of which states have got it and which haven't. Is it just literally down to the local state laws and governors to decide if they're going to pass something through to open up sports betting? Or it it is. It is. I, I think it's less than 15 states in America have it legal right now. Okay. Uh, but that number is going to grow tremendously because there's just too much money uh, to be to be used uh, to be had tax wise for the government. Uh, so I think within the next ten years we'll see it legal in almost all the states. I mean, maybe those deep deep south states may not want to do it, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're going to see all the states around them making so much money mm -hmm. uh, from from the taxes from sports betting. The way it works is each state, you know, they'll pick like four or five books. That they'll yeah. allow to use, and some only like DC. They don't even use any books; they control it on their own and run through a state lottery. So okay. you know, every state has their different types uh, of laws when it comes to it. And DC is awful because they have the worst odds uh, possible, uh, and you know, and so it's it's horrible. Uh, so I, you know, I work in DC. I do not live there, so luckily I'm in Virginia, yeah. and it's and it's legal, and I have uh, options. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I think within the next 10 to 15 years, it's going to be legalized throughout the country. Okay. So if you live in a state now that it's not legal, in theory, is that basically the you end know, do people use online books or is, is yeah, it they, it's just not legal to bet at all, basically? So They probably go offshore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah they probably do offshore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, right. So my next pick, um, Troy Merritt. Uh, so I've got a couple of players in my team this week who could be seen as a uh, – mercurial should we say in the sort of james harm ted potter jim herman sort of type of player who doesn't do anything then knows how to win when they pop up and win you know out of nowhere basically so uh and i almost prefer that type of player than you know the guy who'll finish 25th every week but uh, uh doesn't seem to be able to get the job done when they're in in in, in the hunt so um so yeah troy Merritt. um he He's actually found a little bit more consistency of late. So having said that, he's one of these guys. I mean, his first win came after five missed cuts on the bounce. So very James Harm-esque, as it were. Uh, but um, he back in the last season, he made four cuts in – also back in the last year, he made his first four cuts in five out of the new season. Uh, he played solidly uh, through part of the summer last year. He had three top tens in four weeks, I think. Uh, and he seems to pop up on these kind of um, – shorter courses so uh his record here 
um, is decent. He's had three top 25s in his last three visits. He's got an eighth place here in 2018 when he was actually third going into Sunday and then um, faded backwards a bit. So he... He's got that uh, top 10 that we're looking for, all that uh, big high finish here previously we're looking for. Uh, and it's his approach play, again, that's really caught the eye this season. He's 22nd uh, in approach this season, 38 from tee to green. I think last season, even with the, the high finishes he pops up with every now and again, uh, he was in the hundreds in you know at the end of the season, the ranking in both those areas. I think he was something like 140th from tee to green or something. So, uh, so there's a huge improvement so far this season uh, in his long game. And um, he's had one outing so far this year. Missed the cut of the Amex, but I'm not so hung up on that. Again, I'm hoping he just brushed the cobwebs off, as it were, and uh, uh, he can pick up where he left off at the back end of last year. And uh, all of his last three top 25s here in his last three visits have all come when he's been in no real form or, or no steady run of form compared to what he's been showing over the last few months going back in the last year. So, uh, again, being the type of player he is, of course, he can pop up with a big finish when he's playing rubbish or he can miss the cut when he's playing well. So, um, But he's due another win, uh, I think. Um, and um, he's 100 to 1, fifth of the odds first eight. So I'll take Troy Merritt this week. So, um, And I will also take a tune for Troy Merritt. Uh, and if you've never heard this track, Kenny, uh, I've realised, by the way, every single track on the... Um, pod this week apart from the stranglers uh an american band so um uh have you, does the name the band of horses mean anything to you at all um because if you've never heard this song you must hear it um no i don't know uh, so if, if you listen to one track on this playlist uh this week uh, apart from yours obviously this is this song uh the connection here of course is troy uh, as in um, the city of Troy and the wooden horse. So that got this song in, the band of horses. Uh, and this song is called The Funeral. And this I'm hoping it's not Troy's funeral this week with his golf game. Uh, <laughs> but this song is... It's the first, probably the first song I've had on the pod so far that actually sends a shiver down my spine every time I listen to it. It's just an incredible song. So if you haven't heard this song before, you must listen to it. And um, yeah, it's. Um, I hope uh, those listening this week and remember you can listen back on Spotify for the playlist. Um, I hope you'll enjoy this. So yeah. Um, before we move on to the rest of our picks, Kenny, uh, I think you said you'd um, caught some of last week's pod with uh, Dave, Dave Tindall on. So you'll probably know I'm going to throw a back nine challenge at you, um, which I'm going to do now. So nine questions. Uh, and um, hopefully you've not prepped yourself on these. So quick fire answers, whatever comes to mind. Uh, I'm going to throw these nine questions at you. So um, the first record slash CD you ever bought. I, there was two that I remember. I think I bought them at the same time. It was the Fat Boys. Uh, it was <laughs> it's an old uh, hip hop group from back in the day here oh, in America, yeah. uh, and it was uh, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. I have bought those records. Those are I think around '86. Okay, uh, yeah, is when, I, when I bought boys, those yeah. two. Yep, yep, yep. Those, those are the first records that I bought. Okay, first gig, first band you ever saw live? Or, or All right, the first know. band I saw in like a little rundown little place with Less Than Jake. Uh, it is a ska punk band. Uh, okay. Back in the day, uh, they're still around now. Uh, Sky, lots of horns. I like the horns. First real concert I went to was Tom Petty, uh, okay. and I was, yeah, at, I was like big, at a big, big, big venue. But th those are those are those are the two. Okay, um, your best ever golf winner from a betting point of view, Sergio uh, at the Masters. 
Uh, okay. I was at Sergio. I was at the Masters that year. Uh, I saw Sergio in the practice rounds, uh, and he was just making putts. And I guess I think I was writing for Project Roto back then, and I tipped him uh, as DraftKings. And it was like one of the first golf bets that I had made. I just started using an offshore book. Uh, I think it was I think it was thirty three to one or sixty six to one. I don't remember yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. It was one of those two numbers. Uh, I sort of get confused in my head, but that that's the one that I remember the most. Uh, I remember it well because I was on Justin Rose. <laughs> so, ah, okay, okay. That's one of those that uh, sticks in the in the craw slightly still. So, uh, uh, yeah, I was on Justin Rose that week, mm-hmm. so, and, and when Sergio went OB on. Uh, was it 13? Uh, uh, I, I thought, um, yeah, got this one. And uh, then, of course, uh, the rest was history. So, nope. yeah. Um, and along the lines of that, your worst ever beat, worst golf beat, the one that uh, still gives you shivers when you think about it. Uh, you know what? I don't really remember them. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I had 17 runner-ups in the last, like, year and a half. Okay. Uh, and so I'm really good at just forgetting about it. I guess the one thing that I was pissed off about was when with the last one the tiger won the masters and i didn't bet him uh, i okay. was actually on many a radio show many a publication that week saying that he couldn't win hmm. uh so that that's probably my biggest failure uh, okay. uh as as a golf tipster was when tiger won the masters the last time tiger won the <laughs> masters. okay fair enough um most memorable gig so coming back to the live music um uh. the best gig you've ever seen Okay, I mean, if we're not going to do Broadway, I will say uh, Aerosmith. And I remember this vividly. I saw Aerosmith, Run DMC, and uh, Kid Rock. Um, okay. And there was, I was in the, the, this pavilion, Nissan Pavilion back then, right here in Northern Virginia. And there were, you know, I was in the, the lawn seats in the way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was, for some reason, there was a stage next to me. And I was like, what's going on? And so Aerosmith is doing the middle of their set. And in the middle of their set, they start walking through the crowd. Okay, and they set up on the stage right next to me. I'm literally like two feet away from Steven Tyler, and like he's singing "Dream On," and like a little bit of spittle flew out of his mouth and landed on my forehead. Okay, so I was like, yeah. So I'll, I'll never forget being spit on by Steven Tyler uh, at an Aerosmith show. Yeah, fair enough. It's not something you'd forget, is it? So uh, nope, nope. Yeah. Um, your dream four ball, which you're in it, so you need three other people, and it's either musicians or golfers. So I don't know any politicians or what have you, uh, musicians or golfers, and they can be dead if we want. To, we want to suspend reality here. Okay. You could take okay. Elvis Presley if you want, or whatever. So it's got to uh, be Frank. Yeah. Frank Frank's got to be one. Sinatra's got to be one. I mean, the guy, the way he lived his life. I mean, I think we'd get along. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah. like, I'm a I'm a big Frank fan, so I think Sinatra would be one. Uh, I think. Um, I guess we couldn't do Michael Jordan since he's not a golfer. Uh, uh, probably, I mean, I got to throw Tiger in the mix just because, you know, he okay, was my yeah. god yeah. growing yeah. up. You know, he's the guy that I wanted to watch. And Freddie Couples. Uh, okay. Growing up, Couples, when I was starting to watch golf, he was my favorite. His swing is so smooth. He just seems like a cool dude, uh, you know. Uh, so I think those those three, I, I might sub in Harry Higgs. In there because I like his style too. Yeah. I seem I seem like we would enjoy a cocktail together. Uh, he would be my alternate in that. Group. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, your most treasured 
record or CD, if you could only have one, if you had to go, we have something over here called Desert Island Discs. I don't know if it's ever made it over there. And uh, uh, it's like a radio show where a celebrity will pick their 10 discs or records that they would take to a desert island if they could only take 10 and they were going to be marooned on desert island. So, so your one disc that you would take with you if you could only have one album or single or whatever for the rest of your life. Les Miserables 25th Anniversary Concert Special. I know it's weird. I'm a big Broadway fan. I'm a huge Alfie Bow fan. He is from your neck of the woods. Uh, He is an English tenor. Yeah, Uh, I know. Probably probably my favorite tenor in the world. Uh, Mm. And I am actually going to see him uh, next week at the Kennedy Center, which I'm super excited about. Wow. Uh, And so so I would go uh, Les Mis 25th anniversary concert special. Okay. Um, I think I should say that the reason that I struggle with opera is my sister um, went to music college. My older sister, one of my older sisters, went to music college. Uh, and when I was growing up, opera was her thing. She performed in opera, and I was dragged to all these operas uh, that uh, she was performing in and sort of made to sit through them for, you know, sort of two, three hours or whatever. So I think that put me off opera from, you know, when I was 10, 12 years old being dragged to operas. So. One thing I remember is is I was in my 20s and I, I'd say, uh, you know, I ate a bit of magic mushrooms, I guess. Uh, and <laughs> I, I watched uh, The Magic Flute by Mozart uh, on Discovery Channel or something. They were playing the whole opera and I was just mesmerized. It could have been drugs. It could have been drugs. It could have been drugs. But I was just mesmerized by it. And then I dated a girl was big in the opera and since then I've uh, okay so it's stuck fair enough um back to the golf your favorite course on the pga tour um no i'm not including sort of uh augusta or whatever you know regular tour stop as it were so or favorite event slash tour um uh, stop, I, I would stop. i would go kiwa island because it, it's my first golf memory was the war on the shore in 91 like that, that is the one that gave that uh, when i became a golf fan when uh uh what's his name missed that little putt mm-hmm. um yeah. What's his name? Uh, Langer, 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 Langer yeah, missed yeah, that yeah. putt. Uh, I never cheered so hard for a, a missed golf putt, probably ever in my life, still since that day. And so that you know, so that's the that's the, the time where I really got into golf. So I, I go Kiwan. Okay, so you enjoyed the uh, PGA there last year, then? I did, and I love that area. Yeah, the old Charleston, yeah. South Carolina area, beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Um, and finally, um, the goat, Jackal Tiger. I'm going Tiger. I grew up a Tiger. I got to go with Tiger. He's from my generation. I think if he didn't get hurt, he would have crushed Jack's records. Yeah. Um, I, 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 to be honest, I'm still undecided on it. I mean, you, you look at um, – because people say, well, who was Jack up against compared to Tiger? But, I mean, obviously he was up against Arnie and Gary Player and what have you. Um, and, and all those second places he had. So, I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm still – I would probably lean towards Jack, to be honest, but I can see the argument both ways. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm undecided on it. But, I think um, Tiger did more for the game. Yeah, also. no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that is, is that, of course. Um, right, my next betting pick. Um, Scott Stallings. Uh, he's my second mercurial player this week. Uh, he's um, 125 to 1, fifth of the odds, first eight. And, um, yeah, he's... You never know quite what you're going to get with Scott Stallings, obviously, but this is his time of year historically. He's had two top fives here. Uh, his last win came way back in 2013 at Torrey Pines. Um, he's had a top five at the Genesis. Uh, so he's, you know, he loves loves this part of the world. Um, and with his two top fives here, he's also been 14th and 30th in his last 
five starts here. So he's basically got four good finishes in five visits. Uh, I like the way he closed at Tory Pines with a 66. Uh, he said it himself in, on his Twitter feed that he'd found a little bit of magic out there. So I'm hoping he can bring that magic through to this week. And he's been knocking on the door of another win uh, for a little while now. Um, uh, he's had two top fives this season. Uh, I think it was... Um, fourth at Bermuda where he shot this ridiculous 62 in the wind uh and sorry the other one was a six six at the Safeway so two socks sixes this season um so the fact that he obviously performed at Bermuda shows he likes his short coastal tracks and he also opened up, opened up with a 63 at the RSM before Christmas as well so there's been some good rounds in there some good performances and he obviously loves this event, uh, and you know he's due another win. So fifth of the odds, first eight for me on Scott Stallings at one hundred and twenty-five to one. Um, who's your next man, Kenny? I like Michael Thompson at eighty to one again. I think you can get him a better number if you search out. I'm using DraftKings Sportsbook. They do sponsor the podcast, so I have to stay loyal. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. you can find a little. I think you can find probably a little bit better number than that. But I do like Michael Thompson, uh, fifth and eleventh in two events so far this season. Um, uh, his iron game has been pretty good in those events. He's had a top 10 here in the past. Uh, so I, I like the way he's playing. Uh, you know, he, he gained, what, six and a half strokes with his irons at, at you know, at the uh, at the Sony. His short game has been improving a lot. Iron game has been improving. He used to be a really good putter, sort of, sort of falling off on that. Maybe he can catch a little bit of fire here at Pebble on these slower greens. Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, and if he does post a win, there'll be plenty of song picks around that beard next week. So yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you make of that? Do you, is that a good look for a golfer, do you think? Or? Hey, you know what? Everyone to each his own, you know? I mean, <laughs> like, do your thing. It reminds me a little bit of Duck Dynasty. I don't know how familiar you guys are about that show uh, <laughs> across the pond, but uh, I, I that's what it, it reminds me of. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Do you, you have storage hunters over there, don't you? Have you ever seen yeah. that one at all? Yeah. No, yeah, no, I haven't watched that one. Yeah, there's, there's an, if you ever get to see an English, because I mean, we get the American one over here, which I've seen the other occasion, but there's an English version of storage hunters. If that ever appears over there on one of your sort of uh, random cable channels and watch it, it's hilarious. So it's obviously all actors in that show, but uh, um, yeah. Um, but Duck Dynasty, what are they? Is that when they're out? Um, what are they doing in that one? Are they out? Uh, it's, 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 it's a family who owns a duck calling business who you <laughs> okay. know, grew there and it's become huge like they, they've become you know millionaires selling these duck calls and okay. they're very very southern i will say that yeah, yeah. southern yeah. and their big thing are the long beards they hunt and you know they're very yeah. they're very southern people yeah. Now, I've seen it when, when I've been in America, you see a few of these bizarre shows. One me and my wife watched a bit when we were out there once, which was uh, when they were hunting Bigfoot. Uh, and they seemed to sort of get close to finding Bigfoot. Uh, yeah. and, then the sh and then the show would end with like sort of, okay, so we think Bigfoot's there in the woods and we've made some real progress and what have you. And then till next week, and then next week they'd go somewhere else looking for Bigfoot. And you'd think, well, if Bigfoot's there, why don't they just keep looking for Bigfoot? But uh, yeah, if you, if you listen to the uh, if you listen to our, uh, our our pod for the first event of the year this year, it was called Bigfoot Sighting. Uh, <laughs> it was not based on that big foot yeah, I, I, yeah, did, yeah, yeah i did listen to that pod so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah yeah so that's that's not the sort of girl bryson's looking for i'm assuming yeah 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 no uh if you <laughs> want to listen it's a pretty funny story go back and check it out on the fantasy yeah, Channel. Uh, yes uh, i have heard that story and um yeah i won't be uh, uh what, what was the car again was it um yeah uh, it was my brand new car uh, yeah, i just yeah. bought it just bought a yeah. brand new uh uh toyota 4runner 
and it was yeah. stained for life. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go go back and listen to the early early year episodes of the uh, fantasy fantasy golf degenerates podcast, and uh, uh, you can hear that story in full. Um, right, where were we? I've lost my thread completely now with that story. <laughs> uh, Michael Thompson, we've just been talking about, haven't we? Uh, right, um, I've got one more play. I think both of our last two plays are at uh, similar sort of long shot odds. Um, I'm rolling the dice on Kevin Chappell. And it's been a long time since Kevin Chappell won a golf tournament. Uh, and I can actually tell you exactly where I was when Kevin Chappell won that golf tournament. Um, I was in Flagstaff, Arizona, in the car park of a Safeway um, because I had backed Kevin Chappell. Uh, and my wife, we were traveling around America, and my wife went in to get some bits in the Safeway, and I was on my phone glued to the last couple of holes of that event following it through and he won so um, so that was the last time I well Kevin Chappell won an event that was in I think about April 2017 something like that um since then uh he's had a horrible time with back injuries um he he had I think uh, 10 months off the tour initially for for a back surgery at the back end of 2018 uh he's been on and off since with further problems with the back uh and he's now on a major medical um so basically he needs to produce and he's got two starts left to get 110 FedEx Cup points which is basically a top five finish I think uh, but there are signs he could be close to producing something uh, he's actually made three straight cuts on the spin to start this year uh, he opened up at the Sony with a 63 uh, and in his interviews after that um, first round of 63 he talked about how he was you know sort of fairly sort of in acceptance of whatever his fate was and if he didn't make the money he needed to make or the FedEx cut points he needed to make he was actually considering retiring because you know sale of e sort of thing uh but he also said he'd been doing a lot of good work on his game and really working with a psychologist uh on the mental side of the game as well uh, and he wasn't actually hugely surprised that he'd come out and shot that 63 to start the year uh he didn't quite follow that through that week but as I say, he made three consecutive cuts, and last week at the um, Farmers, he was actually 17th in approach play for the week. Uh, so, you, you know, there's um, there's some eye-catching progress there. He needs the big result. Uh, he's available at 100, well, he's 175 to 1 for 10 each-way places. We've got a couple, we've got one firm over here that goes 10 each-way places, Kenny. So, um, so I've taken 175 to 1 for 10 each-way places, but you can get 250 to 1 for eight each way places uh and he has um a eighth here before so he's got the history here he's a local guy obviously when i say local he's from fresno that i don't think is a million miles away so he's he's got history in california so I, I, i'm gonna take a chance on him so um yeah um and over to you kenny who's who's, who's your long shot play uh, it's going to be Ryan Armour. I like the top 40 bet that we have over here on DraftKings. It's a plus yeah. 230. I'll also throw an outright on him because it's just horrible winning like a top 40 bet and your guy winning. Uh, you know, so, yeah. so I threw a couple of dollars on him at 200 to 1 uh, for this week. Is You know, gained six and a half strokes with his irons. He's sort of like a short course coastal track type of guy. That, that doesn't, yeah. Those are the yeah. courses that I use Ryan Armour on yeah. uh, for DraftKings. Um, I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Uh, 6,900 is still a little bit a lot for him. Uh, but, I mean, I think a top four is good. I think he's I think he's missed three cuts, made three cuts here, and two of his made cuts were inside the top 30. 
uh, and he's coming off a top 20 at the uh, Sony. Uh, he's done well. You know, he's sort of streaky. He does a lot of back-to-back. -back. I mean, he was mm -hmm. fifth in the Barbasol. The next week, he was sixth in the 3M Open, you know, 26th in the Nelson. The next time he played, he was eighth at Palmetto. Uh, he does a lot of this back-to-back -back pretty well. A few years ago, he was sixth in the Travelers. The next week, fourth at Rock and Mortgage. So, like, when his game is good, it's usually good for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so I think I'm going to go ahead and use him, and I, I like that top 40 bet a lot. I can I can see that. So, uh, uh, yeah, we, we're both rolling the dice a bit there. Kenny with Ryan Armour and me with uh, Kevin Chappell. So ho hopefully one of them will come up trumps for uh, uh, for one of us at least. So, yeah. Um, but uh, I'm obviously playing more for the each way side of things with Chappell. If he produced anything better than that, that would obviously be incredible. Back to the music, Kenny. And uh, one more song from you from a band that I readily admit. Uh, I've listened to this track and enjoyed it, but I've never heard of this, this band particularly. And I'm, you're going to tell me they're massive in the States in the 70s or something, I'm guessing. But uh, yeah. they are, um, uh, yeah, a complete enigma so, for me. So tell me more about them. So it's, it's Kansas, Carry On My Wayward Son, a uh, little ode to Gary Woodland for winning at Pebble Beach. You know, Gary Woodland uh, is a Kansas guy. He's a big Kansas sports guy. Yeah. Uh, I think he even played – I don't know if he played golf there, but he went to Kansas at least for a year or two. I think he played in their basketball team, or he played against their basketball team. I don't think he was good enough. He went to, like, a, a, a school around that area, but he's a big Kansas University fan. So I went ahead and did uh, uh, Kansas Carry On My Wayward Son. I'm sure most – classic rock aficionados in america uh they'll know who that what, that song was pretty popular song you still hear it on the radio all the time yeah i know i've given it a listen and i enjoyed it so uh yeah it's a good good pick and that's what this pod's all about getting stuff out there that you wouldn't necessarily uh be be hearing uh you know day day in day out as it were so that's that's a great pick and uh yeah for uh, an eclectic taste uh and a, but a great taste for for great tunes so yeah um Right now, where are we? Uh, yeah, on onward with the music, and we have the free bet segment here. So uh, I don't know if you know, Kenny, I give away a free £5 bet, so that's about $7 each week. Uh, and um, uh, basically, you pick some tunes. Uh, I choose a tune that I feel's in keeping with the event most. Uh, I award the winner of that with a £5 free bet, which I will then put win only on uh, what we call the betting exchange over here for you. So I'll message you and ask you who you want me to put it on. Uh, I'll put it on uh, and confirm your odds to you. And if they come in, I'll PayPal you the money. So uh, um, so we've had some great suggestions suggestions again this week. Uh, just running through a few of them. Um, Chris Lofthouse is uh, coming with Paul Weller and Broken Stones for Pebble Beach. Uh, Greg Petru suggested Breakthrough for by Modest Mouse. Uh, that's a great tune. Um, and Breakthrough, obviously, for Luke List. A uh, couple there uh, for the Bill Murray angle with um, Ghostbusters. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, also Ghost Town by the Specials. Uh, um, JP Kircher was on uh, on your line with the old uh, Rat Pack guys. Uh, was was Bing Crosby one of the Rat Pack? Or probably wasn't actually, was he? But uh, someone who used to play in the uh, uh, in the event, and he went with "Straight Down the Middle" by Bing Crosby. Uh, I must admit, I don't don't know the tune, but uh, I know Bing Crosby obviously. Uh, McNulty, uh, "Sandstorm" by Cast for all the sand down there on Pebble Beach. Um, Matt Round wanted to get um, "Hanging on the Telephone" in by Blondie for Brooks Ketka if he'd played. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with the connection with AT&T with the telephone you see and I think that would have won if Brooks had been playing but uh, uh, unfortunately he's not so that doesn't 
uh, cut the mustard, I'm afraid. So what I am going to go with, though, and it's a pretty obvious selection for, for this week, um, and I'm surprised only one person suggested that, actually, but Dave Verity, David Verity, has suggested Celebrity Skin by Hole. Uh, the Celebrity will be out there this week. Uh, and, of course, we had Kurt on earlier, so wrapping up with Courtney um, uh, is, uh, uh, I think, an appropriate way to go. So Celebrity Skin by Hole. Um, I suppose the thing for me, just coming back to that celebrity thing, Kenny at Pebble, is uh, a lot of the guys that play celebrity wise we don't know over here that's the other thing so uh, obviously we know um you know we, we know who huey lewis is we know who bill murray is but um i'm speaking for myself here i'm sure plenty of people over here might do but when there's some sports coach on there or or, or whatever I, i've no idea who they are <laughs> so uh, you know when i'm seeing the coach of i don't know Kansas basketball team or whatever, uh, having his golf swing analysed, it doesn't doesn't really do it for me. So uh, uh, I, I guess that's why I find find it a bit of a tough tough watch sometimes. That um, it is, yeah, yeah. it so, is, yes, um, definitely a tough watch. That's not my favorite event of the year, but you know what? We're we're degenerate gamblers. We we gamble. We, we, we do it every week. We that's just do. what we do. Yeah, 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 that's just what we do. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'll enjoy. It, and I don't be wrong. I, I love obviously the coastline, the scenery. It's incredible. So as a whole, it's a you know it's a it's a great event. And um, the weather's due to be good this week. So um, before we recap, uh, I'm just going to uh, mention who I've got coming on next week and uh, another great guest. Uh, the guests are coming. Thick and fast, Dave. Last week, Kenny, you've been fantastic to have you on this week. And, and next week, I've got uh, Niall Lyons from uh, Odd Checker Fame is coming on. Uh, nice. Niall's been on fire of late with his uh, uh, win with Hudson Swafford a couple of weekends ago. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that. Uh, and I do know that Niall is a huge Smiths fan, as in Morrissey, who I'm, uh, I'm sure you'll be familiar with, Kenny. Um, and um, I'm sure we will get a Smiths tune in there. Uh, so there's, there's been a very US dominated playlist this week. I'm sure next. Next week uh, might might be more of a uh, English uh, angle, but um, yeah, we're really looking forward to having Niall on, Niall on next week. So uh, yeah, should be another cracker. Let's recap. Um, run us through who your bets are again, Kenny. All right, so I got Jason Day twenty to one, Christian Bazidenhood fifty to one, um, Russell Knox eighty to one, Michael Thompson eighty to one, and then Ryan Armour a top forty plus two thirty, uh, or you, and also I threw a little bit. I'm at two hundred to one. Fabulous. Uh, I've got Maverick McNeely at 28 to 1. Um, each way, fifth of the odds, first eight. Uh, Tom Hoagie at 60 to 1, fifth of the odds, first eight. Uh, I've got Troy Merritt at 100 to 1, fifth of the odds, each way, first eight. Uh, again, um, Scott Stallings, uh, 125 to 1 was available earlier. I'm not sure if that's still there. Uh, again, eight places, obviously. And finally, Kevin Chappells, my flyer, uh, at 175 to 1 for the 10 places each way, or if you want to be a bit braver, uh, 250 to 1 for the eight places each way. Uh, on the music playlist this week, which don't forget you'll be able to listen to on Specify afterwards when I... Um, uh, link that out. Uh, we have, and uh, who do we have? I've uh, forgotten who we have now. Uh, oh, yes, we have Drain You by Nirvana in honor of um, the win for Luke List, uh, a fellow Seattle native. Uh, we have um, Frank Sinatra's That's Life, uh, picked by Kenny. Uh, 
with a view to Frank's uh, pebble connection uh, and when he got banned, apparently. So that's a story <laughs> I never knew. Um, we've got some Guns and Roses in honour of uh, Kenny's nine ball uh, pool days. Um, so I'm uh, I'm not going to be taking you on for money on the nine ball table, Kenny. Uh, and <laughs> California band uh, Guns and Roses, welcome to the jungle. I thought you were actually going to pick Justin Rose when you said you were going to go with some Guns and Roses with the Axel Rose and Rose connection. I thought you were going to... I thought so about him or Day. I went Day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, I've got Always the Sun uh, by the Stranglers in honour of uh, Maverick McNeely having Sun Microsystems to fall back on if the goal career doesn't work out, although I don't think that's very likely. Um, Otis Redding, Try Little Tenderness um, with the Monterey Music Festival connection. Uh, pick from Kenny. Uh, and then we run through to uh, my tune of the week, Band of Horses, uh, the funeral in honour of uh, Troy Merritt and the wooden horse uh, of Troy. Uh, absolutely belting track. Uh, and finally, the final two tunes uh, were Kenny with uh, Kansas, uh, Carry On Wayward Son. Um, no idea. What's that, what's that about, Kenny? Any ideas? Uh, not really. I just like the, the the beat, and I like the I like the keys in that a lot. They, they, they go a little like, keyboard crazy uh, in that song, and I'm a fan of it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh -huh. uh, and the final tune for the week is uh, Dave Verity's David Verity's Celebrity Skin. We'll be seeing plenty of that this week, uh, and uh, Celebrity Skin by Hole. Um, so we've had some. Kurt Cobain and some Courtney Love on this week. So, uh, and that, as they say, is a wrap. Um, Kenny, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I know your schedule's hectic. You're going to go and record another podcast now that I'll be listening to later. Uh, remind people where they can find you. Where's all your stuff and all your content? You, you can find my written content on gupscorner.com. You can use promo code Kenny, uh, K E N N Y, save yourself 30% on a membership. You can also get a seven-day risk-free trial just to check the site. A lot of tools out there, uh, good for uh, betting and for uh, DFS. And you can also find me on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, available on iTunes, uh, any type of platform that does podcasts. You can find it there. It's through Mayo Media Network. Also check out the YouTube page, Mayo Media Network. Uh, you can find me on video every week doing that pod. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Kenny. It's been a blast. Uh, I've managed to not quite uh, overrun as much as we did last week with Dave. So uh, uh, we, we're getting there, um, but uh, overrun ever so slightly. But it was worth it to, to hear about your pool playing days, if nothing else. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we've got some winners between us this week. So um, thanks again, Kenny, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. And thanks for All listening, right. everyone. Good night.